today what I'm going to teach you about is something very powerful. It's about how to bind the strong man. All right. Now, all of you know about the strong man. All of you know about the binding part and all that. But then I want to teach you something else, which is the precursor before you actually come to the binding of the strong man. And all of you actually know this and all of you are already into it. Some of you knowingly do it. Some of you don't know it, but you're doing it. But so let me teach you a little bit more. There are 10 steps here, which I want to show you. So first go with me to the book of Psalm chapter 37 and verse 4. And today you are forced to open your Bible because we don't have the projector on. So amen. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 37 verse 7 verse 4 says, I'm sure all of you know this scripture by heart. Psalm 37 verse 4. Come on. Does anybody know this verse? Delight. Come on. Say delight. delight. Say delight. delight. So delight thyself in the Lord. And there is a repercussion for delighting thyself in the Lord. What is the end result of delighting in the Lord? So if Rohan were to delight in his dad every day, Rohan's pocket money goes up. Yes or no? I'm giving a secret there. There's a principle. Learn. All right? So delight yourself in the Lord and he shall, come on, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. So the whole point here is you've got to have a desire first. All right? Now the truth about a desire is, let us say you have a particular desire for something. Let's say a desire is for a bike and you want a thousand cc bike. All right? Now you want to go for it. You want to get it. And then you go to the showroom and you look at it and they tell you it is 22 lakhs. And there goes the desire for the bike because you don't have the budget. So what happens then was it was never a desire. Do you understand? It was never a desire. Now there's a secret here because the Bible says, delight in the Lord and he will do what? He will give you the desires of thine heart. So when there is a desire and if the desire is from the Lord and if you begin to delight yourself in the Lord, that desire in you becomes stronger and stronger. Amen. Did you understand this? If you have a desire in your heart and you begin to delight in the Lord more and more, that desire becomes stronger because the desire that is not strong is not from the Lord. All right. So what you have to do is there are, there are, there are desires which come to you, which is not from the Lord. All right. See, for example, let us talk, talk about desires which come from the Lord. All right. And desires which do not come from the Lord. All right. You're upset at your wife or your husband and you say, ha, let me leave this family. Let me leave this man. Now, where did that desire come from? Did it come from the Lord? It did not come from the Lord. All right. So you have to be careful about desires because the desires which come from the Lord. And if you delight yourself in the Lord, those delight, those desires become stronger and stronger and you will begin to pursue and receive it. A desire that you do not pursue is really, really, really not a desire. All right. Now, look at look at the people around you. Everyone has a desire. All right. And if you look at their wife on their arm, it's a part of their desire. Yes or no? Because some of you smart men have pursued. Yes. I know a couple of guys here. Stephen is a guy who, who pursued my, my, my dear brother. Oh, there you are. He's got his hand up as well. My dear brother Roy is somebody who has pursued. All right. All right. Now, what happens is that key here is they first have to desire. Amen. Say desire. desire. So if Roy and Stephen did not, if they did not, Come on, talk to me. See, desire, sometimes a lot of people use desire in the bad sense. It's not. It comes from the Lord. And the Lord begins to strengthen. Now, when you talk about Sammy, what was his desire for? I'll go with the bike. <laughs> okay. He had desire. Jofono, bullet. Jofono, bullet. I mean, that guy is so happy with his bike. Amen. He had a desire. Did he go out and get it? 
Yes, he went out and got it. Was it easy? No. He had to convince his dad, he had to convince Kitra, he had to convince whoever it was, and finally he got his desire. Why? When there's a desire, only when you pursue it and when you actually see the reality of it, it is yours. That's when desire is fulfilled. All right? Lust conceives death. Desire fulfills what? What's the verse we just read? Delight in the Lord. Okay, now watch this. All right. So the first point, there are 10 of them which I'm going to give you. The first one is you need to learn to desire the right things. All right. You've got to learn to desire. So what you desire from the Lord, you've got to examine yourself, see if it's from the Lord. And then you've got to learn to delight yourself in the Lord. Okay. Now, point number two is once you have desired something, you need to seek the Lord. Okay. Now, David says, one thing have I desired that will I seek after so you got to learn to seek after so when I say seek after what do I mean I mean go and find out everything you can about it increase your knowledge base regarding that all right seeking so 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 with all due respect if I can if I don't mind uh, using you Roy today all right so now Roy has a desire he sees whom he sees in the car he sees a young beautiful girl and what does he do Shirley, who's this girl? What's her phone number? Where does she live? Does she cook well? Is she working? Okay, what is he doing? What is he doing? He's seeking after more knowledge about that person. All right? So, so Sammy has a desire for a bike. What's the first thing he do? It's called research. All right? You're seeking after something which you want. So you've got to have knowledge about that thing. If you don't have the knowledge for something, you're not going to receive it. Why? Because you really don't have a desire to pursue it. That's where it is. Right? I know many people who say, oh, I want to pursue, I, I, you know, I want to seek after the Lord. Please pray for me that I may, I may, I may have a great desire for the Lord. Not going to happen. It has to come within you. I can't pray for that. All right. So what happens is seeking after what you have desired. Okay. So you've got to acquire the knowledge regarding the thing that you desire. So point number one was what? Desire. Now point number two was what? Seek after what you desire. All right. Point number three is very, very powerful. It is to inquire of the Lord. Okay. One thing, what did David say? One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after. Then it goes on. He says, I will to inquire in the temple of the Lord. So the third point is to inquire, right? Now, what are you inquiring about? You're inquiring, is it from the Lord? Hey, did you get this? You're inquiring if it is from the Lord. Is there a scripture backing to it? All right. Now, second thing is, does it give you a peace? You hear what I'm saying? Does it give you a peace? Because a lot of people do things which actually doesn't give you peace in your heart. And then another important point. Are you and your spouse in agreement over it? Because I'll tell you something, anytime there's a disagreement, there's always going to be a problem in the house. And it'll go back. Ten years ago, you bought this beer and I told you not to buy it. Anybody heard that story? Yes? Because there has to be an agreement. That's why you need to agree and inquire of the Lord. So is there a scriptural backing for your desire? All right? Is there a peace in your heart for your desire? Is there an agreement between you and your spouse or you and your parents or whatever? All right? You've got to inquire of the Lord. You get what I'm saying? Say something. Wave to me if you understand. Yes? All right. When was the last time any of you inquired of the Lord? When was the last time you had a desire and you went into the presence of God and said, Lord, is this from you? Because a lot of times, desire does not come from God, desire comes from lust. And you've got to learn to differentiate between the two, because when it comes from God, it has a scriptural foundation. 
I wanted a computer. Actually, before I wanted a computer, Ben wanted a computer. And we did not want it for us. Yes or no? Right? So as soon as we wanted the computer, what happened? The Lord began to move his thing, which he does, all right, his wheels in motion. And what did we get? We got a beautiful computer. Now, when Ben put his, Ben, when Ben put the church's need first, immediately, well, you know what the Lord does for him? The Lord blesses him with a high-end computer as well, which he goes and picks up from Kerala at a lower price. Why? Because his first outlook was what? The church. And then the Lord began to bless him with his own sister. You see, you understand what I'm saying? When you put God first, and when you seek after the desires which the Lord's going to give you, and you start inquiring in the temple of God, He will bless everything in your life. Are we clear? Amen? Look at somebody and say, I, am, I have a desire. I'm going to seek after what God desired. And I'm going to inquire of the Lord if it is from Him. Okay, so when you uh, start inquiring over something, all right, so, 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 so Rohan has to get married, he finds, finds this beautiful blonde girl, he wants to get married, but there's no peace in his heart. Will he go get married? His parents are not in agreement as well, so will he get married? No, he shouldn't, but what will he do? He will get married. A lot of time people make that kind of a mistake. Go with what your heart is telling you, that is something so important, because when the Lord is there with you, it will come and it will come quickly. All right, we got this computer on the first of first of Feb. We uh, uh, this guy told me by the 14th of, 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 of Feb we got the computers. So what I'm telling you is, when the Lord is in it, it works very quickly for you to receive it. Are you guys with me so far? Yes. All right. So please tell me the first three points. Come on, quick, 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 quick. Desire, seek, inquire. All right. Now the fourth one is so important. All right. You need a revelation. If you do not get a revelation, in other words, if you don't get a Rima word for that particular thing, that thing stays in the spiritual, does not come into the natural. Let me put it another, another way. Everything that you need is already in the spiritual realm, right? So what releases it from the spiritual realm to the natural? It is the Rima word, which is the key that unlocks what you need. So what happens is, now you have inquired of the Lord, you know it is scriptural, you got the foundation, now you need the revelation based on what you're looking for, so that you can release the word into the spirit realm to receive what is meant for you. Amen. Are you now you know what, many of you in this church have already done this, alright? You have already done this, maybe you've done it without knowing the process, but Wednesday morning, uh, two days ago, early morning, 6 a.m., the Lord woke me up and he gave me this entire message. And that's what I'm showing you this morning, all right? So you need the Rima word for your desire to be called out of heaven to the natural. Are you there with me? Yes? You guys understand? Because if you've not even come to the binding part yet, we're coming just about the first, the precursor to the binding, all right? The next point, number five, is to pursue with passion. Say that with me. Pursue with passion. Many people pursue, but many people do not pursue with passion. All right? The Lord is always looking for the people who are passionate to do great and mighty things for Him. So when you begin to pursue, pursue with a passion, there were 40 prophets along with Elijah and Elisha. Right? One of them wanted the double portion anointing. Which one? Elisha wanted the double portion. Right? So what does he do? He follows Elijah. Did he follow Elijah because he loved him? No. Why did he follow him? For the anointing but what about the other 40 prophets who were there there with them 
They also knew this was going to happen. They did not desire what? They did not desire the double portion anointing. So what happened was there was only one man out of that 42 who pursued the man of God and received the double portion, right? And how did he do it? He did it with passion. Look at somebody and say, passion. passion. Say, pursue with passion. passion. Come on, pursue with passion. You, you know, some of us were slightly overweight. The same passion we have when we look at a plate of food, if we had it for the Lord, ha, I will tell you all of India would be saved. Amen. Nobody, nobody is agreeing with me. All right. But I am so right. When you see the chicken puff, oh, cholesterol flowing by, and you still want that desire. You have that. Any men here saying amen? Any women saying amen? No? All right. So pursue with passion. Okay. We got five points down. Understood? Clear? How many of you have been actually following this? Brilliant. You guys are smart. Okay. Sixth point is faith. The Bible says, when you ask the Lord for something, you ask Him in a particular way. Which way is that? Ask Him with certainty. A double-minded man Do you guys get your oven milk in the packets in, at your doorstep? I've given this example so many times. Yes? In India, we get packets of milk, yeah? Fresh milk. I mean, at least that's what they call it. Right? How many of you get oven milk? Let me see your hands. Lift it up nice and high. Amen. How many of you think it's coming from a cow? <laughs> you have faith. That's why you think it's coming from a cow. All right? All right. How many of you know that it's going to be there tomorrow hanging from your gate or your front door? What's that called? Faith. All right? Now, my wife is amazing when it comes to faith. This morning, she said, go check if the milk is there. I have no idea. I went, I checked, there's a packet of milk. Hallelujah. I brought the milk back. She looks at me and said, I canceled the milk yesterday. <laughs> Talk about faith, hallelujah. You see, when you ask the Lord without an unwavering mind, you will receive what it is meant for. So Dr. Jacob goes into prayer, three days fasting and prayer, and he's praying for new business opportunities in his dental clinic. Three days of fasting, powerful prayer. He quotes scripture after scripture. And over three days, he's quoted 300 scriptures. And on the fourth day, will God bless me? Will this happen? Did God hear my prayer? How many of you have been in that same boat? Yes. What happened to faith? You see, every time you lack faith, there's a problem. It exposes you to what you are, actually. Because the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when you start wavering in your faith, in effect what it means is you sat in church and did absolutely nothing with your two years. Huh? Do you know why God gave you two years and one month? To hear more and? But what we've got is? Three and a half years? No. We've got how many mouths? Shall I even go into that? No. So what do we have to do? We got to learn to be double-minded or single-minded. Look at somebody, somebody and say, you are blessed. Come on, say it, say it with a single mind. 
Say it with a single mind. Say it with a single mind. Come on, one-minded. One-minded. Single single mind. Say it with one mind. Come on, say it again. Say it. 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 If you can do this hundred times a day, you are actually training your soul to understand you are blessed. Because faith operates when you repeat what you heard and what you understood. Alright? So, are you blessed? Yes. Just because Pastor Jeff speaks a word, does it mean you've got faith? What you do with that word and how you get the revelation of that word and how you understand that word and how you use that word is where your faith increases. Now, every one of us operate in faith. Alright? Every one of us operate in faith every day. Alright? But... A lot of us, when it comes to the Lord, we lack. Are you blessed? What is that based on? Your bank balance, your job, or God? No. A lot of times, it's based on our... It's based on our bank balance. Second, second it's usually based on our... I told you something about Jim the other day. Jim came to church a couple of months after he went and bought a house. Yeah, I told him to go buy a house. He bought a house. And a, few, few day, uh, a week or so later, a month later, what happened to his job? He lost his job. Right? Guess what happens? What happens to faith? It's a faith crisis. How is he going to make ends meet? Is it easy? No. How did he do it? I'll tell you how, how he did it. His wife grabbed him and slapped the living daylights out of him and said, believe in God. He believed in God. And Amen, he got a job again. And he's blessed. Thank you, God, for blessed wives. Amen? Any husband will say that with me? Say it with me. I didn't ask you to lift up your hand. I said, say it with me. Not one husband is opening their mouth. Come on, man. Thank you, Lord, for blessed wives. I heard the wife saying it more louder than... Wife, we said wives. <laughs> okay, so always faith. You have to operate in faith, not with uncertainty, but with a certainty that God will do it for you. If you were Moses and you had the rod of God in your hand, and God said, hold that rod over the Red Sea, what is your reaction going to be? Your reaction is going to be like anybody else. You'll think twice. You'll wonder why you even followed this God. But when he says, stretch forth that rod, friend, that means it is a test of faith. Stretch forth that rod because the water will have to part. And I want you to understand something here. When, when, when Moses stretched forth that rod, the water did not part at that moment. It took a whole day for the water to part. And the whole day was a crisis of faith. So if you are going through a crisis of faith, remember your desire is going to be met. Amen. Come on, come on, come on. Let me hear that again. If you are going through a crisis of faith, that means your desire shall be met. Amen. So the question is, do you have a desire? And is that desire from the Lord? Because if the desire has a backing to scripture, it will come to pass. Amen. If the Lord said, I will bless you and I will make your name great, that means it will happen. Amen. Amen. Yes. Look at somebody and say, my God said I will be the head. And not the tail. Therefore, I will delight in the Lord. Because he will fulfill the desires of my heart. Now think with me for a moment and let's be honest Christians, yeah? How many things have you desired which you have not received and you've given up on? The answer will be a lot. Why? 
See, a desire which is not from God will always die out. But the desire which is from God, as long as you delight in Him, will become stronger and stronger and stronger in your life. Amen? And He will cause you to run after it. He'll cause you to pursue it. If it is not from God, it will die out. Amen? Thank God for dead desires. Look at somebody and say, thank God for dead desires. You see, a lot of times there are wrong desires which come in which is not from the Lord. You understand? And you have to be very, very careful about it. Alright? So, are you understanding these things? Alright. The next step is commitment. Say commitment. commitment. Do you know why your wife or your husband stays with you? They made a promise to God. They made a commitment. That's why they are with you. Yes? No? The whole point is it's about commitment. You see, just because you pray 10 hours a day doesn't mean your marriage is going to become healthy. Hello? Did you wake up? Just because you pray three days fasting doesn't mean your marriage is going to be, become healthy. What does it require to make a marriage healthy? Let me give you a two simple words, which, which is Debbie's favorite words. It's called common sense. And according to Debbie, only superheroes have common sense. Amen? So, can I see the hands of a few superheroes here today? One, two. All the fearful husbands have got their hands up because the wives just elbowed them in the Amen. You see, what makes a marriage work? What makes a marriage work? Huh? Sorry? Uh, thank God you didn't say love and fresh air. And I'll tell you it's not love. I'll tell you what it is. You know what it is? It's the grace of God. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's just the grace of God because He loves you. All right? All right. So we are into what? Commitments. There's a saying, it goes like this, different level, different devil, different, say it with me, different level, different level, different level, the more committed you are, the more you begin to pull things out of the spiritual, the different, the, the demonic which comes against you. Now what happens there is, the more committed you are, understand the stronger the bondage going to come against you but understand this stronger is he or greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world all right so commitment is a key now uh, parents if you have children who start something and don't finish it you need to get them back on track and make sure they finish that work because you are training them not to finish what they start you should never allow them to leave things halfway because it will destroy them. And if you are a parent who did not know this, make sure you started today. Sit with them till they finish. They got to know they are accountable. And if you are a parent who starts things and stops halfway, you got to change your attitude as well. Because what your children see is what you do. Right? Dr. Jagger starts working on your tooth and he leaves it halfway. <laughs> what are you going to do, man? <laughs> Thank you for the gun, huh? <sighs> All right. Now, we're coming to something very powerful. All right? Without strength, you cannot fight battles. Without strength. All these points I gave you leads you into strength. There's a simple scripture which I love. It says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I have a great desire for something. Right? That great desire is going to propel me to become extremely strong to receive what is mine. 
Did you get this? Because I'm delighting in the Lord, it will propel me with a lot of strength to receive what I need to receive from the Lord. Because without strength, and I'm talking about spiritual strength, you cannot fight battles. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Does it make sense? You need strength, right? And that strength is derived by delighting in the Lord. How do you delight in the Lord? On your knees, all right? Now, the minute you are operating in strength, okay? You remember Samson, he was uh, touched and he was filled with what? Physical strength. What about David? Wasn't he also filled with physical strength as well? All right? There are some times when I'm, when, when I'm under the anointing, I feel so strong. Literally, I can push 10, 20 people like that without a problem. You know, I feel so strong. That's the strength of the Lord which comes upon you. All right? It's so important that you have that. And once that strength comes in and this desire begins to be fulfilled, there's something happens. Well, point number nine, it is joy fulfilled. There are seven levels of joy. I'll take that, take that sometime. What happens is joy is fulfilled. So you've got your strength and you've got what you need. And what happens? There's this bubbling joy which comes out of you. That is joy. All right? Now, what, that's why I always say, when your desires are not met, there's hardly any joy. Can I say it one more time? When your desires are not met, there's hardly any joy. That's why we need to learn to change because you need to get the strength. So please give me these eight points if you can, or nine points. Enjoy fulfilled. Amen? All right, and the next thing, next point, point number 10. You ready for it? Point number 10 is your next desire. Because it's always a, always a cycle. Let me please give you a word of advice. Never come out of that cycle of desire. Because when the Lord desires something in your heart, you go from one desire to the next. And you get strengthened and strengthened and strengthened and joy fulfilled. And what happens is your joy will start bubbling forth. When joy begins to come forth, you will see the hand of God in every direction that you're moving in. When I saw that computer, and then when I saw those hard drives, I, you, 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 you'll be surprised how joyful I was. Okay? I was not joyful about you know, whether I'm going to spend money or not. No, no, no. I was joyful about the fact that the Lord remembered our work here. And he said, yes, you all need a computer. Yes, you need hard drives. He saw it. He knew it. And he provided. Why? It's not because of Jeff. But what was he doing? He was filling me with what joy? Joy which overcomes. Joy which fulfills. Joy which just is, is like rapture. All right? So here we are. And this is something very powerful. And we, let's go into the actual binding if we have time. All right. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. All of you must know this verse. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. And all these 10 points are precursors to actually learning how to break and bond and, and bind what needs to be bound. All right. Ephesians 6, 10 to 12 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Again, we're talking about strength. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So what is he saying? Be strong. Make sure you have a desire. Make sure the desire is going to be fulfilled. Make sure that the joy of God is always flowing out of your life. You know, cup overflowing is what? What, is, what does it mean when you say a cup is overflowing? It means it's joy, all right? You never minister half full. You always minister from what? 
from an overflowing cup. All right. Finally, my brother, come on, say this with me. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. Amen. And that's what I'm telling each and every one of you here this morning. Be strong in the Lord. How do you be strong in the Lord? By seeing the victory upon victory upon victory. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wait what is he saying first in verse 10 he's saying get strong all right understand who the Lord is understand the power of his might put on the whole armor and do what stand against the against the craftiness or the plans or or the or the the ways he tries or the methods he tries to hurt you the wiles of the devil for we wrestle for we wrestle not against flesh and blood all right, be careful when you read. We are not wrestling against flesh and blood. If your spouse comes to you with some kind of a problem, understand it's not your spouse. Who is it? It's not flesh and blood. It is, we just got that grin on his face. <laughs> okay, it is principalities against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places four categories four categories yes all right wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities powers rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places all right did you hear what paul just said he says put on the strength of god put on the armor of god because these four categories are going to come against you all right say something thank you all right now go with me to colossians chapter 2 and verse 15. Colossians 2.15 says, come on, read with me if you can. I love the fact that all of you are opening your Bibles and reading it today. 2.15 says, and having spoiled principalities and power, he made a shoe of them openly, triumphing over them in it. All right? What did Jesus do? Talk to me. Come on, talk to me. What did Jesus do? Paul says there are four categories. What did Jesus do in the book of Colossians? Huh? Come on, I kind of. Are you guys here this morning? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Are you here this morning? Yes. What did Jesus do? Yes. Rohan, come here, my brother. All right. With all due respect to God, this guy is the devil. Right? He's got armor, he's got weaponry, he's got everything. And a cute face which deceives every person. All right? By the way, the angel of light never comes wearing black and white. Black, he wears white and white in cups. All right? So don't get confused. All right? He's called the angel of light. All right? Now, thank you for standing straight. Now, this is the, the demon, demonic. It's a principality. It had what? According to Ephesians, what did you read? It has what? Principalities, powers, their covered and their armor, their weaponry. What did Jesus do? Talk to me. <coughs> Come on, Jesus. Disarm him. That's it. That's your armor. Disarm him. <laughs> what do I have to say? Huh? I trained you very well. One swipe and he's gone. Disarmed him. Yes? Yes? Do you agree? Yes or no? Say something. Yes. Now, if he's been disarmed, what is his power? You sure? I don't know. I'm asking you. Are you sure? You will step on the... 
serpent and the scorpion and they will hurt you every chance they get. And they will? And they by no means will harm you. What does that mean? What does he have? Okay. Read Colossians 2.15 again. Can we do it well? Do it. Can we do it professionally? At the count three, please read it loud. One, two, three. Can we read it one more time? Can we read it one more time? Let me read the good news version for you. Rohan, please sit. The good news version says, And on that cross, Christ freed himself from the power of the spiritual rulers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them by leading them as captives in his victory procession. So please explain what this means to me. Come on, let's just go around the room and find out what it means. Talk to me. What does this mean? Come on, you guys. You guys are all intelligent. What are you fighting against? What power of darkness? Does it have any power? Does the principalities have any power? I'm asking you guys. You guys. You, you tell me what you feel. What do you think? Huh? Pastor, it's all Jesus. He did it. Me, I'm, we are in trouble. We have issues. The devil's in my bedroom hurting me every day. Come on, talk to me. What does the Bible say? Please understand. Please read it again. He's disarmed them, right? You sure? So what are they fighting against you with? I'm sorry, what? I, I, I didn't hear you. What are they fighting against you with? Do they have a spear? No, what, what do they have? You sure? Read Colossians again. Let me know if it's the same thing, if it's right. You have to tell me. You have to understand this. You tell me. Does he have any power? So why do we give him power? Why do we say, oh, he's so strong? Why do you say, oh, the devil blocked me? Why do we say, oh, the devil did this? Where did you get this concept from? Who taught you this nonsense? On the cross, what did Jesus do? He disarmed them. Okay, once he disarmed them, what did he do with you? Did he put you under them or he put you above them? He seated with, where are you seated with him? In heavenly places. Above what? Above all powers and principalities, right? So what is the anointing and the authority you have compared to the demonic? They have nothing. You have everything. The problem is somebody told you, oh, the devil is so strong, he's coming against you. Where did you learn that? It is not in the scripture. The authority the devil has is only based on what you give him. 
If you give him nothing, he has absolutely nothing over you. The last 25 something years I've been in deliverance ministry. Hey, when I understood who I am in Christ, they cannot touch me. Why? Because the grace of God is upon me. Jesus hung on the cross that all principalities and powers are disarmed. Therefore, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. And the devil cannot convince me to be afraid. Amen. Now the question is, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? What are you afraid of? The number of people I meet who are afraid of everything. The reason you're afraid is because you trust in your, in your job and you trust in your bank balance. Take that out of your, in the equation and then you will learn to trust God. Because you see, money does not come from your job. Promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west, but the Lord sets one down and lifts up another. It is not your job who blesses you, it's your God. Amen. And it is the word of God which keeps you. Think with me because if you don't know the word, you have lost. You've given the authority away to the devil. That's where the issue starts. How many of you are afraid of, the, of medicine? How many of you are afraid of doctors? There are many of us who do this. And that's where the first issue starts. Because you see, God did not create you to be afraid. He created you to be a ruler. Think of a ruler who is afraid. How can you rule when you're afraid? See, how can you even say greater is, is, is God who is in me than he that is in the world when you're falling in fear all the time? How can you say this when you're always insecure? You are blessed. Don't shake his word. His word is true. Whatever you ask for, you will receive. Amen. But why are you afraid? You lost a job, big deal. Hallelujah. I lost a job. The Lord has something better for me. What will I do? I will delight in the Lord. Amen. That's all it is. A husband doesn't treat you right. No problem. I will delight in the Lord. He will be my husband. He will be my father. That's all it is. When you don't have food to eat, amen, God is giving me an opportunity to fast. But I will tell you, not one of us here have ever had, have gone without food. Amen? Because God will not allow that. Why? Because we are His righteousness. Look at somebody and say, we are His righteousness. So now let me ask you something. What is this binding and loosening all about? What is it all about? See, you've got to start to approach it from a different mindset. Okay, it's not about you fighting a battle with a sword and an axe against some devil. Eh, it's about you understanding and receiving what is meant for you. Now let me show you some more scripture here. Alright, Luke chapter 11 verse 21. Luke chapter 11 and verse 21. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him. Hey, see what God's saying about you? When a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his, all his, where did he get his armor from? Hey, wait, I thought Jesus removed his armor. Where did he get that armor from? It's the armor that you place on him. It's what you give him. It's the fear factor in your life which you put on the devil and the devil takes you for a, for a ride. You see, if you have no lust in your body, in your soul, the devil does not have a hook in you. But if there's a fear in you, the devil has a hook in you. You can pray for the next 40 years, it's not going to go till you deal with it. 
Am I making sense? If there is a foundational issue in your life, in your soul, in your emotion, if there is insecurity, you need to get rid of it because the devil will hook it. And God will not do anything about it because he's given you the strength to overcome it. And if you sit there and say, oh, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Friend, tough luck. You will lose out. So wake up this morning because look at this Bible. Well, look at what the Bible says. When a stronger, who's the stronger? Me. There's one hand which goes up. Who's the stronger? Put your hands up if you agree. If you are the stronger, then he shall come upon him and overcome him. That's a promise there, right there for you. Let me ask you why you will have to fail. And I will tell you today, there is no need to fail. Because you are stronger according to the word of God. And you will overcome him. Look left, look right and say, I am an overcomer. Am overcomer. Come on, as loud as you can. I am an overcomer. I am a warrior. I am not a coward. Hey, how is the kingdom of heaven taken, friend? By the violent. And how did the violent take it? The violent take it by force. You understand? Now, let me go on. But when he's stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor, wherein he trusted and divided his spoils. He, now what's the next verse? It is a killer. He that is not with me. Whoa, is against me. He says, learn to overcome, otherwise you're not with me. He says, don't give your armor to the devil. He says, don't give your fear to the devil. I will deal with it if you let me have it. If you're afraid of something, go into the presence of God and say, Lord, I have a problem. I have an issue with insecurity. Don't fight with your husband. Don't fight with anybody else. Go to the presence of God. Let him deal with your soul. Because it is an emotional crisis and the devil loves it when you have an emotional crisis. Why? He will hook you and he will destroy you. Pride is what? An issue of the soul. Jealousy is an issue of the soul. Lust is an issue of the soul. If you are walking around with all these things, the devil will hook you and he will destroy you. Think with me. Why are you afraid? When he said, as somebody said, 365 times is there in the word, don't be afraid. Why are you afraid? Everything we do, our decisions are based on fear. How can you be afraid of the thing which Jesus has destroyed? Watch this. Mark 3 and verse 24. If a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. This is a principle. Look at me, church. Every house must have agreement with each other. Anybody in this house, in your family, who is not in agreement, friend, you are opening the door for the demonic. Wake up. Whether the, if the wife is shouting a mother or the husband is shouting a mother, doesn't matter, there has to be agreement. The Bible tells me when the Son of God or the Son of Man enters the house, what is there? He releases peace into that house. Are you the cause for disturbing the peace in your house? Huh? Are you the cause? How dare you destroy the peace in your house? And what are you doing it for? Because of your silly insecurity. Why is that insecurity there? Because you did not go into the presence of God and you did not deal with it. That's why you say, oh, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. How can you be afraid when greater is he that is in you? Are you with me this morning? Are you the one who's creating the problem in the house? Are you the one bringing despair and not, jo not joy into the house? Because if that's you, you need to repent. Peace that passeth all understanding must and will be in our houses. Amen. Amen. Do you agree with me? 
then you got to work towards it. Look at somebody, if your husband, if your spouse is there, say, honey, I'm sorry, I will not shoot my mouth off, we will maintain peace in our house. Come on. That's, that goes for both, yeah, husband and wife. Huh? All the wives are waiting for the husband to open their mouth. Oh, both of you together, if you will. And if a house be divided against itself, how can a house be divided? This is what I can't figure out. And if the house be divided, how can a Christian husband or a wife have a fight with a Christian wife or a husband? I can't figure it out. I'll, I'll tell you what the reason would be. It's just plain stupidity or selfishness. One of the two. Nothing more. All right, and then you'll blame the devil. It's not the devil. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. Huh? But what? Has an end. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoils his goods, except he will first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house. Are you guys with me this morning? Honestly, is there something to bind? Think with me. Jesus hung on the cross. Yeah? Took away the principality's powers. Yes? Really, what are you biting after? Nothing. So now tell me something. What's the power in you doing? The power in you, or, the, or you, your soul, you know what you're doing? You're putting armor on the devil. I'm afraid of this, I'm afraid of that. <gasps> my exams are coming up, I'm afraid of my exams. Study, you won't be afraid of your exams. Use common sense when it's financial matters. You won't be afraid of financial lack. Alright? Think with me. When Joseph came up and he was uh, ruling the land, was he afraid of the famine? Tell me why. He was equipped with what? Revelation knowledge. He knew what to do. He knew how to do it. Who gave him all that? That's all. So tell me something. What are you afraid of? Now, let me quickly stop right now. What is that one thing which is hurting you quite a lot? What is that fear which is tormenting you and afflicting you? Those who have any kind of a fear, please put your hand up. You know, I'm surprised half the church is not putting their hand up because every one of us have a fear. Put it up as high as it will go. Don't be afraid because you're dealing with something. Some of you are afraid of, uh, uh, of, 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 of what? Of blood. Some of you are afraid of, oh, I'm going to die. Come on. Everyone will die. Work backward. You know you're going to fall sick. You know sometimes something's going to happen. You know you're going to die. Work backward for crying out loud. If you die, where will you go? Hallelujah. Trouble free. No income tax to pay. No issues. What's your problem? The problem is this. Okay. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to. That's true, isn't it? That's where the biggest problem starts. Listen, you are born again, yes? Your life actually starts when? Your life actually starts when? Huh? And you head out there. How many of you want to get there really fast? <laughs> no, nobody. All right? You got to come to terms with it because you see, you got to settle it in your mind. If I'm not there, my wife and my kids will be absolutely blessed. All right? Think of it that way. Those of you put your hands up with some kind of a fear. Anybody afraid of fear, fear itself? I'm just always afraid of fear. Okay. How many of you are afraid of your husbands or your wives or your spouse? <laughs> no? You men, you cowards. Actually, all you men are very, very respectful and honor your wives. Very true. I know, I know all you guys. All right. Now, those who put your hand up, please stand. I'm going to pray with you. Now, listen to me very, listen to me very carefully. 
what is the weakness of your soul that you are placing as an armor on the devil today? Is it fear? Is it a lust? Is it insecurity? What fear or what kind of a problem of the soul are you putting on the devil when the Bible tells me explicitly that Jesus disarmed every principality and power? Think with me. If Jesus won that victory on the cross, what are you doing trying to fight a battle against the demonic? That's not your job. The battle belongs to him, friend. What is your job? Your job is not to put your weaknesses and your, 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 your fears on the demonic. It is to put it on Jesus and say, Lord, I have a problem in this area. That is where the devil is hooking me. And if that is you, if I'm talking to you about something, maybe it is panic, maybe it's insecurity, maybe you're afraid that there's not enough money in your bank account, maybe you're afraid of death, maybe you're afraid of so many different things, whatever it is, I want you to bow your hearts now with me, because you are somebody mighty, you are somebody powerful, 